fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu for Glenn, uh, who will return on Monday. 888-727-BECK. Uh, wow, there was, I mean, so much insanity going on. I, I don't know if it starts with the uh, CNN town hall last night or with Cory Booker or uh there's just so much where do you even where do you even begin i i love how nothing that the republicans even though the republicans are bending over backward right now and and many of them caving in to uh gun control mindset mm. That's not enough. Nothing's oh. enough. Nothing's ever enough. This is why you don't cave in. Yeah, because it won't be enough. It will never be enough. Uh, <laughs> there, we're seeing this now. Chuck Schumer, he's warning the GOP mm-hmm. against settling for tepid red flag laws. So the red flag law thing, which is completely controversial to conservatives, is a massive move to the left. It is a constitutional violation. It is a the type of thing that we took calls all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. All day yesterday from people who love Donald Trump and are like, don't cross this line. Please don't cross this line. This is really, really bad. Um, I talked to uh, David Harris Jr. uh, And David Harris Jr. um, is, it's a pretty MAGA guy. You know, big, big Trump supporter. Mm. He's not quite as pro-Trump as Donald Trump. But he is more pro-Trump than Donald Trump Jr. He's, he's oh. in between those two. Okay. I love, no, David's great. I love him. <laughs> but he's like a big Trump guy. Yeah. And he said yesterday, same thing on his social feeds. Like, Don't. They said like, you know, look, we love Donald Trump. He's a, done a great job. Don't cross this line. It's too big of a deal. You know, I don't, and I think this, this comes to the core of like Donald Trump, who's a guy who's... You know, he's, he's lived in, you know, in New York as a rich guy behind security. Like, he's... In that environment, I was born in New York. Um, I grew up uh, partially in New York, partially in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, in that region, you just—it's just not part of your life. You don't think about guns all that often, and especially if you're Donald Trump living in the top of a tower, like that's the last thing in the world you're concerned about. It's not part of your core. You don't see the Second Amendment the same way, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so I don't know that he would understand what a big deal this would be to someone who really cares about the Second Amendment. And we, man, we heard it like crazy yesterday. I mean, I think there was one caller yesterday who said, you know, I really like what he's, I, I understand at least he's trying to address mental health, which I think is, of course, true. But already the Democrats are saying, look, that's not enough. You can't, yeah. you can't just give us this. This is what's so frustrating about being a conservative and having the only real representative for you being the Republican Party, because they are constantly folding on these things. They're terrible. And they just do stuff like, well, you know what? Uh, the Democrats want $700 billion for this project. We only want to give them $400 billion. And you're like, well, yeah, but what about the, one, what about the option of not doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's no one who represents that side of these issues. What about the option of spending less? Yeah, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's impossible. It's impossible. We actually, have a Republican uh, congressman from Ohio, Michael Turner, who's actually talking about not just mm-hmm. not just the red flag laws, but also a limit on uh, the you know the magazine limits. Yep, and a ban on assault weapons. Yep, assault weapons. Assault. Yes, because I, they assault people. I, that one is really fascinating to me because obviously, you know, every weapon is an assault weapon. 
This is a I got a breaking breaking news for you. You can assault people with any weapon, and I don't mean just guns. No, you could have an you assault know? knife. There's a reason I could why, assault you with a knife. Yeah, there's a reason why we own ten times per capita the amount of guns as Russia, and they have much uh, double the murder rate mm-hmm. because people are able to kill other pe- people with other things. Uh, Pakistan, same thing. Pakistan has almost no gun violence problem. You want to move there? Let me get you on Zillow. I could jam a spoon in your eye right now, and that might be an <laughs> yeah, assault. Right. right? It's like I, I mean, does anyone remember Paris? Right? Right? Like the or, or was I mean uh, Nice? I'm thinking of when they they yeah. went down. Uh, you know, in the middle, you run over people with a street festival in your truck. Eighty-seven they, people. Yeah. It seems there was, was it? a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Does it seem? Does any are any of those people like? Oh man, at least I wasn't shot. No, I don't no, so. that's not the way no. that works. Mm-mm. You know, you can do these things. There was a big stabbing yesterday, right? Four people were killed oh, in a yeah. stabbing yesterday. Yeah, uh, and again, that would be that would qualify on the mass shooting list if it happened to be a done with a gun. But I guess because it's not with a gun and there's no political gain there, no one cares. Well, the people who got you know who are victims of these crimes still care. You know, the, the people who are in Chicago who do get shot in gun violence, but not the type of gun violence that moves you the needle on your poles, those people care. Which is why I strongly believe uh, after the, if they got some kind of ban on, let's say, rifles, let's say you, you ban assault rifles, um, then they'd have to go for handguns as well because the carnage will continue. Mm-hmm. The carnage like in Baltimore and Chicago is not going to be abated by banning rifles. You're going to have to and they'll come after they'll come after handguns as well. It's just the beginning. You open up this door, they're going to keep walking through it. It's just it it would never end. Uh and that's why we just can't give in. 888-727-BECK. More coming up in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine if I only gave you part of a news story. It'd be pretty hard to follow. Well, that's what it may be like relying on monitoring your credit and your bank statements to help protect your identity. You could miss a really important part of the story. Sure, your bank and credit card companies can help detect fraud, but it may not monitor all the other ways your identity can be stolen, like when somebody opens up a new account or applies for a loan in your name. That's why there's LifeLock. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to alert you to a wide range of identity threats. And if there is a problem, a U.S.-based specialist will work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, LifeLock, they monitor more, and they can help you see the threats to your identity that you might otherwise miss on your own. Join now and get an extra 10% off by using the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save an extra 10% at LifeLock.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. It's gotten so the media people in the media don't even don't even care they hate trump so much they don't even care if what they're saying about him is remotely accurate like nicole wallace who was uh who claimed that uh trump has been talking about exterminating latinos (laughs) her guest is like yeah uh no no (laughs) no he has not been talking about that is something that the president has never never done well, a lot of times this stuff just is like a, a game of telephone right like maybe she happened to hear she happened to tune into tv when beto o'rourke was saying that donald trump was saying the same rhetoric as the third reich 
Right. And maybe she heard that and thought, well, right. that's extermination. I guess I can now say this. <laughs> I guess like they so. all just kind of pass it on just a little bit. And then when she's called out on it, uh, her only her only statement is she tweets, I misspoke about Trump calling for an extermination of Latinos. My mistake was unintentional and I'm sorry. Con- Trump's constant assault on people of color and his use of the word invasion to describe the flow of immigrants is intentional and constant. So it's still his fault. It's, it's still his still fault, him. obviously. It's not her mistake, really. It's just it's that he's so awful. You know what I, I found really... I was thinking about this yesterday, and it is remarkable where these people go. We've talked about this at the beginning of the administration, Pat. If the Democrats had, instead of launching a massive march and rally on literally the day after Donald Trump's inauguration saying how horrible of a president in person he was when he hadn't even done anything. Mm-hmm. If they had approached this at going to him and saying like, look, we, we want a bunch of stuff. We think you're, you're you know, we think you're the type of guy that can get a deal done and we're going to work with you and blah, 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 blah. Trump would have gone along with, I think a lot of these things because he, yeah. you, know, the, the, you know, I don't think he, I, I think he is much more in this, in the fight of this. And when they attack him, he's going to attack back. I think he, I mean, we saw it with criminal justice reform. He's willing to work with the other side. He is. I mean, he's, that's been his whole life. You know, he, so I don't think that's a a crazy, crazy thing. But, but the other thing, the lesson that, and I'm, by the way, I'm glad they didn't do that because God only knows what policies would have been passed. But the, the, they hate him too much to do it. Right. Even if it was to their benefit, they just hate him too much to do it. Yeah. And I think that's true. And, And it's, it's fascinating to see what's going on now where they are now calling. Every person who supports Donald Trump a racist. Yeah. Go back to the 2016 election. Have they learned the lesson of the basket of deplorables from Hillary Clinton? You know, Hillary came out and, you know, you go back and, and that became sort of a thing, right? Like the deplor- oh, we're the deplorables, we're the deplorables. Go back and look at Hillary Clinton's statement. You can, you can, you can argue with certain parts of it, but generally speaking, it's true. And it's true about every candidate. Right. Every single Mm -hmm. candidate has supporters who are awful. And Donald Trump is no exception to that. Neither is Hillary Clinton, by the way. Um, But every candidate has, you know, she said it as a basket of deplorables. There's some people who who are who are uh, who are um, uh, supporters of a candidate who are doing it for really bad reasons, whether it's racism, whether it's sexism, whether it's socialism, whether it's extremism, whatever the thing is, everybody has that level of of support in some way and her point was not uh, she was not that point was not about talking about how bad donald trump supporters are if you go back and read the actual text of it what she's saying is yes there are some supporters she's talking to a democratic audience and saying yeah you know i know you guys are always talking about the really bad people the deplorables but they also have a lot of people who can be won over to the cause they're not they don't they don't like this stuff. They don't like Donald Trump's evil rhetoric, blah blah blah, right? Like I'm not saying I mm-hmm. agree with her point, but generally speaking what she's saying is there's a separation. There's good Trump supporters and bad Trump supporters, and we have to acknowledge there are good Trump supporters. So Hillary Clinton is making the exact opposite point in 2016 that the Democrats are making now. The Democrats are saying all of the Trump supporters are bad. They've actually gone the other way. They haven't learned the lesson that calling half of his supporters deplorables was a, was a bad idea. Their lesson is we should have called them all deplorables. Yeah. They've actually gone the other way completely. Yeah. And this is something that I think arguably lost them the election. 
And right? hopefully we'll do so again. And I mean, I, this is how I bad hope. they are at this. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. they have not learned a single lesson from the last two years. And, you know, obviously because they're supporting socialism, this is a good thing for, I think, uh, the Constitution and the American people in general. But it's just fascinating to watch a party do this to itself. Like, Donald Trump has got a 42-43% approval rating. This should not be an unwinnable election, but they're trying to make it into one. <laughs> it really is. Like, they've just, they're like, well, what if we raise the mountain even higher for us to climb? And we should be thankful for it. Yeah, that again. at least. Yeah, again, right? yeah, sure. More in 60 seconds. <laughs> Holy cow, we are in the thick of summer, which means things are really starting to heat up. Luckily, Blinds.com is here to help you with incredible site-wide savings. Tasha in uh, Oklahoma said this about our new blinds. She said, I love them. They're gorgeous. They're easy to install, easy to clean. We found the best deal for our windows and all of the options that we were looking for. We've told all of our family and friends about Blinds.com, and we will definitely order again down the road from Blinds.com. They're America's number one online choice for affordable, quality custom window coverings. Plus, every order gets free online design consultation, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So stay cool this summer with Blinds.com. Head there right now and you're going to get great site-wide savings. Plus, any Beck listener saves an extra $20 off top of that with the promo code BECK. That's Blinds.com. Get an extra 20 bucks off with promo code BECK. Blinds.com, promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. Just to prove your point, Stu, about what they could be doing, and and maybe President Trump would even be on their side. Uh, remember this from last year, where they were sitting around a, a giant conference table, and uh, the president was talking about taking guns early without due process. Listen to this. Yes, go ahead, Mike. Well, in the category, uh, you, you spoke about it, Mr. President, gun violence restraining orders. They're called California actually has a version of this. And uh, I think you in your meeting with governors earlier this week individually and and as a group, we spoke about um, about states taking steps. But the focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. Allow due process so that no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but any any weapons in the possession or of that Or might individual. take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system, because well, a lot of times wait, by the time you go to court, system. it takes so mm-hmm. long to go to court <laughs> to get the due process procedures. Uh, mm-hmm. I like taking the guns early, like in this oh. crazy man's case mm-hmm. that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process. <laughs> no, I, no, maybe not. No. I have a bad feeling about yeah. that option. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, like, he likes taking them first and then worry about it later. <laughs> oh, it takes so long to adjudicate things. I, let's not bother with that. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, a little unconstitutional, uh, fortunately. It's an amazing um, clip. And I think, you know, uh, if if his supporters hear that they think that that's a bad idea, uh, there's a good chance that he sees that. I mean, yeah, like, I, I think, yeah, I think he will. We saw this back in the day when he was talking. Um, he was being sort of cornered on the abortion issue, 
and, mm. in an interview, and they were like, hey, uh, Don, you know, uh, what do you think happens to these women? Uh, do they go to prison if they have an abortion? He's like, um, yeah, I, I think guess. they have they to. have to? Yeah. Because like, he hadn't really thought about it. Right. It wasn't one of those things that, you know, yeah. like, this has not been his life, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of these issues, uh, the nuance of some of these issues, he is not necessarily fully digested, but he doesn't have to make on-the-spot decisions on a topic like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, as a president, you do have to make those. Most of the time, you don't. You have time to deliberate. You have time to talk to your advisors. You have time to have a room of people who disagree come in, fight it out in front of you, and pick one. I mean, I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, the both sides of the red flags law, uh, well represented. You know, Between an article by Dana Lash, uh, or a column by Dana Lash, and a column by David French, David French is on the side of, on this ca- in this case, the president, uh, saying, uh, you know, red flag laws are a good idea. Dana Lash is on the side of saying, you know what, they just don't work out well, even though they're well-intentioned. And you kind of read, like, there's really, I think, good reasoned arguments if you're a conservative for both sides of this. I, you know, I, I definitely come down on, on Team Dana on this particular issue. I mean, she, you know, I, I think has it right when it comes to the Constitution. And when you have these questions, especially about a constitutional issue, you, you need to side... You know, err on the side of liberty. Mm-hmm. You need to err on the side of even mm-hmm. some when you know. I think with both both moves, you're going to have some negative output. But there's going to be no solving mass shootings from red flag laws. I mean, that, you know, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. No evidence of it. There's never, as far as I know, has never been one case where they believe it's actually stopped a mass shooting. There has been cases where they believe it stopped suicides, which again is there's mm. a reason to 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 like that. Obviously, yeah. But that doesn't mean it gets constitutional because it works. And a lot of people forget that. It's, it's like the thing with, with net neutrality. People are like, well, the, these, these companies could just throttle my internet and then I can't watch my Netflix shows. How am I going to watch uh, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu? It's going to buffer. And I think people get confused. You know, there are some things that are human rights and some things that are just awesome. They're not the same. Mm-hmm. The internet's awesome. It is not a human right. It is not a right in this country. There's no, there's no constitutional right for you to not have to buffer Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> that is not a constitutional right. And just because you might really like the show and really want the show to work fast, that doesn't mean you get to force companies with the things that they built to treat you a different way. That's, that's not, that is not America. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. The way it works is if somebody's buffering your handmade tail, you switch servers. Yeah, you switch companies. Se- you go, go somewhere service. else. Mm-hmm. So that's- and by the way, that almost never happens. Yeah. These companies, with all the power in the world to buffer your handmade tail, decide instead to just give it to you really high-quality 4K video because they want to keep getting your money. <laughs> yeah. That's the free market. Yeah. It and works really well. If it buffers enough, you're going to get pissed and you're going to stop paying them the money for it. Yep. You'll go somewhere else. It's kind of, it's called capitalism. And it works pretty well, you know? Yeah. You, you hear all the time from the Democrat candidates that this is the richest, most powerful nation in the history of the world. They never talk about the fact that we got there through capitalism. Mm. And now you're trying to switch us to socialism, which doesn't work and wouldn't have gotten us there. It doesn't no. make any sense. No. But we keep going down these things. These rules uh, keep popping up because we want to go down these roads of government control. We all feel better, mm-hmm. apparently, when the government tells us it's gonna, is, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, even with these mental health laws or mental health uh, concerns and red flag laws, it's amazing. Like, for example, there's a, there's a story in the New York Times talking about, uh, you know, 
mental health and how big of a problem that is. They say scientists find that only a small fraction of people with persistent mental distress are more likely than average to commit violent acts. Patients with paranoid schizophrenia, which is characterized by delusional thinking and often so-called command hallucinations, frightening voices, identifying threats where none exist. People living in this kind of misery are far more likely to be the victims of violence than perpetrators, but they can act violently themselves, especially when using drugs or alcohol. The clearest recent case is Jared Loeffner, the college student who opened fire in an event in Tucson, Arizona, hosted by Gabrielle Giffords in 2011, killing six and wounding 13. Mr. Loeffner's online post demonstrated increasing drug use and paranoid fantasies. I thought that was caused by a pamphlet that had the word target and and reload on it. Mm -hmm. Now we are finally coming to the point where we're saying, oh yeah, that was complete insanity. Making sure I understand this. Because at the time, you know, it was an ad that said, we're targeting these districts. We, we can't retreat. We need to reload. And that was the cause of it for many years. Now we finally learn, oh, by the way, it's the most clear example of mental health in recent memory. Now, now we're on that. Now that none of the people involved are in office anymore, it's okay to say, by the way, this guy was just insane. And his, his, he was, his big concern literally was grammar. You remember he was yeah. like he was he had yes. some ideology based on the some new kind of grammar that he wanted to implement. Uh, insane. Wow. In every way. Yeah. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tacovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tacovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tacovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tacovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you can check out my show, Pack Ray Unleashed, immediately before this one. Or uh, on podcast at any time at your leisure. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Frank Figliuzzi on MSNBC had a powerful point uh, to make about Donald Trump with the raising and lowering of the flags. I mean, this is some pretty brainiac stuff here this This is uh, well it's you're saying from the trump administration who is mm -hmm. there's such white supremacists yeah that that they've been this is like 50 dimensional (laughs) chess that they're playing here with their white supremacy listen to this he'll clue us we have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with right and if we don't understand how they think we'll never understand how to counter them thank you it's little things and language and messaging that matters the president Mm -hmm said that we will fly our flags at half-mast okay. until, until August 8th. That's 8-8. Oh. oh, my. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, what but I am then? using but, it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary mm-hmm. that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 eight, eight are very significant in Uh-oh. neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Oh my Why? God. Because 
the letter H is the uh, eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, oh, the boy. numbers 8-8 eight, eight together stand for Heil Hitler. Oh, my God. So we're going to be raising the flag back this is up, a real segment. Uh, at dusk on 8-8. Eight, eight. No one's thinking about this. No one's, no no, one's giving him the advice or uh-huh. he's rejecting the advice. Yeah, no one is thinking about it. I, well, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give him that. But yeah, no he's right. Thinking, yeah. He's right about that. Other than him. That well, is unbelievable. It is really one of the strangest That's unbelievable. things. Because there is a thing online. This is something that is relatively well known among people who co- cover uh, white nationalism and, and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. The two There's two big things. The 8-8, which HH, Heil Hitler, is, mm-hmm. is, is a real thing that they do online sometimes. And there's also a thing called, was it 14 words? Do you know what I'm talking about? Can't think of it exactly, no. but it's something like that. It's a phrase that says something about how white people are being targeted or blah, 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 some nonsensical you know uh, white supremacy right. thing. And mm-hmm. so those are two things that they talk about a lot in these extremist groups. However, that does not mean everything that occurs on August 8th has to do with that, right? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't so know ridiculous. what's he supposed to do. But, like, he's supposed to hold it to August 9th, so then white supremacists don't think he's signaling Heil Hitler to them? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is bonkers. How do, you, how, does this, how do you bring this guy back on next time after that? That's a type of thing that's like, mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't come back on as an expert after that segment, right? Right. Instead, he'll be on tomorrow. Yeah, he will. Yes, Saying the same thing. Now, if come on, if people were doing that to Obama when he was in office, they would have been laughed off of the air, and they wouldn't come back uh, because you know they uh, they there'd be boycotts of of the channel if you brought him back. There, they would have boycotted Fox News if you would have done that kind of stuff to Obama. Of course, but I guess it's for, it's perfectly fine. Like Buck did boycott it for much less, right? Yeah, they're boycotting it right much now. Much less. This is a funny thing that's going on with Tucker Carlson right now, uh, because there's a thing that trended <laughs> yesterday that said fire Tucker Carlson and because he said that w- the the white supremacy thing is a hoax, right? And so if you look, because at- there's nothing to it. How many white supremacists yeah. do you know? Oh, I mean, none. None. Obviously. Zero. I mean, look, there's a very small amount of white supremacists in this country. It's a fringe element. An incredibly small amount. Just like but, we were told all the time with the Black Panthers. Oh, that's a fringe element. Yeah. What are, why are you even talking about them? But Don't in, even talk about them. In both cases, I do think it is important to fight that ideology and show how stupid it is. Yeah. You know, and it is important for people in the FBI to make sure that they understand what the hell's going on because mm-hmm. it doesn't take a lot. You don't need you don't need a thousand, right? Well, how many you're talking about what twenty four people at nine eleven, right? You didn't. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't need hundreds of thousands of people to be damaging. And so it's good that we fight these things. But like to act as if it's a massive problem, that is what is what it's he's ludicrous. trying to say. It's like it is yeah. not a widespread uh, ideology. For example, and we, we we talked about this I think a little bit earlier this week on this show. If you want to say there's two hundred and fifty plus mass shootings in this country. You can try to say it because by some definitions, and the definitions in my mind are completely ridiculous because it does not at all identify as what we think of when we think about a mass shooting. But if you want to use that number, you can. And you're going to say it's from uh, the, uh, the, the um, Gun Violence Archive is the place that, that comes up with that uh, number. And basically they say anybody, anytime there's been an incident where four people are, have been shot, uh, whether anyone dies or not, whether it's, mm. you know police firing at people whether it's a mistake you know what i mean like a you know gun goes off and hits somehow a couple times and gets who knows one person domestic violence gang violence anything 
all qualifies. That's why we have some uh, 250 mass shootings. Somebody kills their own family. Exactly. That'd be a mass shooting. Right. So that mm-hmm. is the reason they love that number is because it's so scary. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. There's been 250 of these. I'm not even hearing about them. That's how common they are. That's what they want the average person to react to. At the same time, they want to tell you the problem with mass shootings is white nationalism, white supremacy. Well, you can't have both of those things. The problem with it is, if you mm-hmm. look at the faces of the people uh, that have committed the 251 mass shootings in this country, it's going to be hard to convince people that they're white supremacists because most of them aren't white. The overwhelming majority of them are not white. And that doesn't mean that anything like, oh, that race is bad or whatever. What it means is the overwhelming majority of our crime problem is an inner city gang violence problem. It's not white supremacy. So you have to abandon your racial anti-white supremacy point to, to get the 251 number. Mm-hmm. Or you have to abandon the 251 <laughs> number and go with a number that is a lot less impressive, which is six. And six would be the number of the real mass shootings that we think about in this country, three of which were done by white people. So you, you can go down these roads if you'd like, but you're going to lose your little racial point and then tell us about how above race you are. Please, please do that. Um, and I think like that's the type of thing that people don't realize, right? You, you, you know, you go on Facebook and you see people that you know, and they're people when you have conversations with them, they seem intelligent and relatively well-informed and have absolutely no idea the facts of these situations. I have, Pat, I went on the air Monday and started talking about the, the issue with this manifesto where he goes into a large portion of the manifesto of the two complaints he has. One is white supremacy and immigration. One is environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Very clearly outlines both cases in this manifesto. I have yet to see one mainstream media source point out that he talked about environmentalism. Yeah. All of these people are like, well, if you look at his manifesto, it's white supremacy. Well, yeah, it was partially white supremacy. It was also so much plastic waste, and we are overutilizing our resources, and all of we the- need to eliminate people. Well, yeah, we because have- they're using up too many resources. Overpopulation scare uh, that yeah. we're parroting that ideology that has been around in the environmentalist community forever. He, they, this guy sounded like Jay Inslee in this uh, in this manifesto. Does that mean Jay Inslee is, is responsible? Well, of course not. Yes. Oh. Okay. Oh, sorry. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, the other side of that is, is you're doing exactly what the other side is doing. I know. They're saying yes. Trump is responsible because, right. and, and he's not even a white nationalist. They are environmentalists. They're not denying that. They're running on it. Yep. They're running on the things he said in his manifesto. Trump isn't running on the things that uh, of white nationalism. Yes, he's saying there's a problem at the border and he's used the word invasion, which apparently is like... I mean, it's basically a DNA test proving he was the murderer to the, to the media. Well, there's much more clear things that people are embracing on the left that were in that manifesto. And I don't think anybody knows it. Like, that's what's incredible. This audience mm-hmm. knows it. Maybe a couple of conservative sites have picked up on this since Monday, but very few. And the mainstream media won't even admit it occurred. That is a major problem, man. They are falling down on the job, and they're falling down on the job because all they care about, they don't <laughs> care about who was shot. It's their they hatred for they Donald Trump. They just want to make this into a thing, and they can take down Trump with it. That's it. It's incredible. That's all it is. I mean, when you, when you turn on that 
uh, town hall Chris Cuomo uh, conducted last night. Is that what you call it? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So bad. I mean, it's it's embarrassing how bad that was. Uh, first of all, he talked about uh, inviting the NRA to the town hall. Here's here's what Chris Cuomo said about inviting the NRA. We also invited the National mm-hmm. Rifle Association, the NRA, to be part of its conversation. They declined. Mm, they why. sent a totally disingenuous statement oh. that they're open to honest discussion, but not this spectacle. That's what you call this, a spectacle? Yes. yes. I guess they want to do their talking with propaganda ads and millions in lobbying. They came last time. Besides, let's be honest, the gun lobby is not going to be the answer. And that shouldn't be expected any more than we expected big tobacco to help us expose the ills of smoking. Uh-huh. The reality is people like you mm-hmm. are the answer. And there can be no sides when it comes to wanting to be safer, better protected. There just can't be. Not anymore. Mm. God, he's horrible. Um, By the way, first of all, they act, oh, the NRA, they're cowards. They came to the last thing that you did. Dana Lash was there. Dana Lash was there. You praised the Broward sheriff on stage for an entire hour. Mm -hmm. You had an audience there applauding. And and it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. And by the way, you also had CNN employees. Mm Mm-hmm. Talking to Dana Lash off the air and saying, hey, I want to make sure you have security so you can get out of here. Why on earth would they send somebody again to your event? Why on earth would they do that? You created a real security threat for the people who came to very respectfully uh, argue uh, and, and, and converse about a serious constitutional issue. You had people screaming obscenities at them the entire time, mm-hmm. and you created a security threat for them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, now they won't show up to our little party. I wonder why. (laughs) We bashed their brains in last time, and it was completely unfair to them. Why don't they want to do that again? (laughs) It's like, what Uh, do you think? They're no fun at all. (laughs) We really wanted to do it again. Ben Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Tucker Carlson, we kind of got started on this and got sidetracked, but Tucker Carlson's being targeted with this fire Tucker Carlson thing because of his rant. And yesterday he announced he's going on vacation. And of course, as is always the case, mm-hmm. all of these boycott organizations oh, take credit say, and yeah. say that, oh, well, see? he got suspended. See, it worked. And this is the great thing about being one of these organizations <laughs> is when you're in constant boycott mode oh, of every host on a network, eventually one of them goes on vacation. And so you get to take credit for it. I can remember, and I'm sure you can remember this as well, Pat, when we were at Fox, and I think at CNN too, but I remember specifically at Fox, when we would go on vacation every time, every time they took credit, they would take credit as if we were being suspended because yes. of something that they did or some boycott, some advertiser they say pulled out that was never on the show or whatever. Yep. And we would have to go and dig out documentation, emails from months earlier where we set up our vacation schedules for the year. And say, this was scheduled all this time ago. And we had, the, the media was 100% willing to accept the reasoning of the boycott organizations. Unless we could prove our own innocence with documentation. Mm-hmm. It was like, we were being suspended. Mm-hmm. Unless you guys can come up with something that shows you, you had a vacation. It was never like, well, how about them mm-hmm. having to prove that we're being suspended? It, we just have to prove our own innocence. We're guilty until proven innocent. And still, many of these media organizations still ran with the idea that we were being suspended, despite the fact that we gave them emails from months earlier saying when our vacation was. It was impossible 
it really was impossible. I mean, the media is so horrible with this stuff because you know what? They can taste it. They want him, Tucker Carlson in this case, or Laura Ingram another day, or Glenn Beck another day. They want them fired so badly so they can feel like they've accomplished something with their journalism degrees. Yeah. And they just dive into it. it and it, it is something that they have to know isn't real. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they can come up with some justification to make people believe that in reality he's being suspended. And I don't know. I don't know the Tucker Carlson situation. I just know with us that did not happen. And it was not, it was not the case. They did not suspend us. I mean, you're watching the, uh, the Showtime show about the era of us at Fox and uh, right. the whole Fox founding. It was called The Loudest Voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they addressed that particular thing, but they did go they into the, uh, the Glenn targeting many times. Uh, yeah, uh, and they also uh, they they also go in. This is an ancillary uh, sure. point, maybe, but they they also go into what Fox did to people from time to time, hmm. and they did it to us from time to time. <laughs> they did. Well, that is, I will say that is an additional point. Uh, yes, and probably one I <laughs> yes. should bring up. Uh, yes, in the, Fox on the media's, occasionally helped with that. I, you know what? You're right. I should I shouldn't bring that up because. In the media's defense, uh-huh. there were people at Fox right. continually leaking against us, too. Which is strange. So, and people have a hard a time believing that. There. But now you see it, and you can kind of understand why. Because they didn't want anybody getting bigger than the network. And anybody who started to, to get really big, they wanted to, they wanted to beat you down a little bit and mm-hmm. let you know who was in boss, who was boss and, and who was in charge and who was really, uh, you know, the... Who was really in charge? And they, they showed you every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a fascinating... So there's a little element of that there, too. Is the show good? I, I've i loved it. I think it's really compelling. Really? Yeah, really compelling. Is it? I mean, obviously, I, it's from some, a left-wing viewpoint, a, yes. but it's well oh, done. absolutely. And some total and complete lies about Fox. And then making up stories uh, out of whole cloth. And it's just not true. And then there's, you know, a few elements like we just discussed that are, in fact, quite true. <laughs> it's interesting to watch. Interesting. It really is. That was a, we lived it. It was a roller coaster you know? ride, man. Yeah. Was, it was interesting. Yep. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Point of personal privilege, he, hers. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Now, apparently, you've got a story that's even more pathetic than the people we saw at the Socialist Convention. I think it's at least on that on that uh, level. Really? And it's really telling because, you know, look, it's a socialist convention. I don't maybe you would expect it to be a little nuts like that. I, honestly, I Not was surprised. Bad. I didn't I didn't expect it. I mean, I, <laughs> I just expected socialism. I didn't expect the weenieism that came out of it. Right. Because there is that that level of I need a cry space, a crying cave. Uh-huh. I need a safe space. And I, I feel like we yeah. hear those stories from time to time. And usually that's college stuff. It's usually college stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, I don't know, for some reason, I don't I want I don't want to say I dismiss it because it is something real that's happening and it's so bizarre and extreme to me. Yeah. On the other hand though, it's so laughable and I think it's one of those things that even when you like if you tell a story like that, you know, I have plenty of friends who vote Democrat. If I tell that story to them, they're going to laugh at it too. Yes, right. Like, and they're going to be embarrassed by them. They're going to be embarrassed by them. Yeah. If they, you know, that is very. It's so crazy. Like, 
you know, it's not just a Democratic voter. It's not just a Democratic Socialist voter. It's not a Green Party voter. It's a Socialist. Like, you're in the Democratic Socialist Party. So I guess it's it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez level craziness. She's a card-carrying member, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not your average Democratic voter, right? Like, that is not who people, they don't operate like that. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I hope we're not quite there yet. They're super liberal. They want higher taxes. They're wrong on all of these issues. But they're not saying, hey, wait, guys, don't make noise. You're, you know, what was it? You're uh, hurting my focus. <laughs> yes. And uh, yes. Don't, don't use non sensibilities. Pronouns. Really sensitive to yeah. sound and smell and sight and taste. And right. Please stop all of my senses right now. And apparently please. everything else. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so there's a story um, by a... Uh, she told the story on Twitter, and it's, I, I think, one of the more fascinating insights into what our future looks like in America. And what if you happen to be a boss who is employing people from this generation and trying to figure out how the hell to do it? Tell me this story does not relate to you. We'll get into it in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A good night's sleep is a must for any of us who have a crazy schedule. I toss and turn an awful lot. Um, I have the right bed, uh, but I thought I had the right pillow. Mike sent me a MyPillow, and it's an amazing thing. You gotta get the right my pillow for you. Mike is now offering his lowest price ever offered on TV or radio. You can get a two pack of my pillows premium pillows for just sixty nine ninety eight. That's only thirty four dollars ninety nine cents per pillow. And this offer is available only at mypillow.com or calling eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. Use the promo code back. My pillow made in the USA. It comes with a sixty day money back guarantee and a ten year warranty sleep like i did 800-966-3117 and use the promo code back to get mike's offer you'll get a two-pack of premium pillows for 69.98 that's 34.99 per pillow that's mypillow.com remember promo code back pat and Stu for glenn on the glenn beck program mm. all right all right you're ready for this i'm ready for for it yeah here's the story Here's hopefully a short synopsis of something that happened this week that I still don't understand. In office space near a client, a young woman was meeting with her boss. She was, by my estimation, in her late 20s. The boss, also a woman, was giving her feedback and reviewing edits she had made on something that this young woman wrote. They had been speaking in low tones, but their volume got louder toward the end of the conversation because the young woman was getting agitated about a particular edit. So she wrote some article. She's getting edits from her boss. She doesn't like this one edit. This happens all the time uh, in, in, in this world. The particular edit was correcting the spelling of hamster to hamster. Now, I'm going to give you to read mm. the spelling. She spelled it. The employee spelled it H-A-M-P-S-T-E-R. <laughs> now, that is not what the word is, obviously. It's hamster, H-A-M-S-T-E-R. Yes. Okay. okay. So she spelled it hamster, like a hamper where you throw your clothes. Yeah. Right? But hamster, meaning the animal, there's no P in there. Okay? Pretty yeah. basic. Right. So she spelled it wrong, and somebody corrected her, right. and she's hacked off about it. She had used the phrase, like spinning in a hamster wheel, in the draft... Uh, and it was like they, they were talking about it being like an op-ed or a speech or something. Mm -hmm. So spinning in a hamster wheel, H-A-M-P-S-T-E-R. So the boss is saying, hey, we got to change that to H-A-M-S-T-E-R. The young woman kept saying, 
I don't know why you corrected this because I spell it with a P in it. And the boss said calmly, but that's not how the word is spelled. There is no P in hamster. (laughs) And the young woman replied, but you don't know that. I learned to spell it with a P and that's how I spell it. (laughs) The boss remaining very calm and professional. Let's go to dictionary.com and look it up together. Now, again, All right. as, as the writer points out, this is a woman in her late 20s, not a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. The young woman insists she doesn't need to look it up because it's fine to spell it with a P because that's how she wanted to spell it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the boss says, let's look over the rest of this piece so I can expe- explain the rest of my edits. They do, and I can see the young woman is fighting back tears. The boss is calm, cool, and handles this with professionalism and empathy. The boss says, I know edits can be difficult to go over sometimes, especially when you're working on new kinds of things as you grow in your career. But it's a necessary process and makes us all better at what we do. Can't handle it better than that, right? You can't handle this craziness Mm -hmm. better than that. Yeah. The boss gets up from the table and goes to her office, and the young woman can barely hold it together. She moves to another table. <laughs> is there a crying room in this workspace? I, that's I the hope, problem. I hope there is. Apparently there was not. Oh, no. Because she goes to another table mm. in the common workspace area, drops all her stuff loudly on the tabletop, and starts texting. A minute later, her phone rings. It was her mom. <laughs> so she called her mom. She, well, she, she had texted, texted her mom. Her mom. To call her because it was urgent, <laughs> and I'm sure her mother, mother might have thought, you know, I don't know, she's in the ER or something. She then, in the common <clears throat> workspace, puts her mom on speakerphone. Okay. She bursts into tears and, t- and wants her mom to call her boss. <laughs> and t- <laughs> now, I'm guessing, if I, I don't I know this story, this. I'm guessing mom will do that because this is obviously how she's been brought up. How else could right? she be this way, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. She bursts into tears, wants her mom to call her boss and tell her not to be mean about telling her how to spell words like hamster. Oh, my gosh. The mother tells her that her boss is an idiot. <laughs> This is again on speakerphone. And she doesn't have to listen to her. Wow. And she should go to the boss's boss to file a complaint about not allowing creativity in her writing. <laughs> Why don't you just spell every word the way you want right. then? Why not? How would anyone communicate with each other if you could just spell words however you want? The young woman kept wow. saying, quote, unbelievable i thought what i wrote was perfect and she just made all these changes and then had the nerve to tell me i was spelling words wrong when i know they are right because that is how i have always spelled them now that is not the way you figure out whether something is right or not this is that huh. world, right, where, like, every fact is is morally relative, right? Yeah. Like, there's some relative thing. Well, I think it's right, so therefore it's right. I have my truth, right? Mm-hmm. It's that sort of r- rationale. Yep. Um, she says, <laughs> she then went on, still on speakerphone, to tell her mom that I'm very great and often... <laughs> By the way, there's no embarrassment factor here. No, I know. Everybody's hearing this. 
You're in a common workspace on speakerphone. I always have those, those thoughts when you're like in an airport and someone's like in a fight on their speakerphone, like sitting on mm-hmm. a bench around. Who, like what person thinks that's the right thing to do? It's incredible. Like you go to the corner mm-hmm. if you have to have this conversation right now and you do it quietly and calmly. You don't put it on speakerphone and yell swears at the person. <laughs> but yet that happens like every other time I'm at an airport. Um, the woman then, uh, the employee... Uh, then went on, still on speakerphone, to tell her mom, I'm very great, and office inappropriate detail um, about how hungover she was and what she did with her friend and with some guys the night before. So she's saying how wonderful she is, but then also talking about how she's hungover at work on speakerphone in public. And then uh, her mom laughed and laughed. The colleagues in and around the workplace kept looking at one another. Some even put earbuds and headphones on. It appeared as though this was a regular thing with her. She ended the conversation asking her mom how she should bring this up with a boss's boss. I mean, this is a quote, I mean, I always spell hamster with a P. She has no right to criticize me. (laughs) (laughs) She walked into the office kitchen for the rest of the call, so I don't know what happened next. I always get five when I add up two plus two. You got no right to correct me on that. Isn't that incredible? I Where mean, does that end? There's no place that ends, right? When there's Except no with such... total chaos in society. And we've it... talked about we've, how many times have we talked about the idea that you have oh. to be able to have a foundation in truth. We all have to yeah. be able to agree on some common principles for yes. a country to operate. Yes, and like the spelling of words should be really, that should be one of them. A really That's a no-brainer, one, right, right there. Yeah, and like Glenn says all the time, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, those should be a no-brainer. We should all agree on that. Okay, that's our foundation. It's literally the foundation of this country. And then facts such as I don't know, spelling and math should kind of be in concrete. They, I, they really should. You can't just spell it that way because you always have been wrong spelling it that way, and you're going to keep doing it. It is really incredible. I, I, and of course, you're going to so keep... So what, what making, came of this? Do so we she, know the outcome? She kind of goes into a, uh, you know, look, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she has some learning disability and maybe... like you know, uh, she's It's try- possible. She's trying to find some way. She's, she's basically covering every basis in case she's being mean and doesn't realize she's being mean. Mm-hmm. Because in our society today... That's another thing that's happening. Yes. Because a lot of times it happens, like if you say, oh man, that guy's got a crappy haircut. He fell on his head when he was four years old, <laughs> you bastard. It's like, all right, I didn't know that. Okay. And you know, okay, I'm sorry. I like, all right, I, you know, I guess it's mm-hmm. not his fault. Right. Like, but right. this is this, you know, of course there is the outlying possibility that there's something, but again, like she's writing op-eds and you know you know this, it doesn't seem like a normal uh arrangement but she's allowing for the complete outlier of the possibility that she's missing something significant here uh she goes on to say uh this is the writer of the story i think i was more perplexed by the insistence of wanting to spell something the way that she wanted to because she wanted to ignoring the fact that there are rules and dictionaries and seeming offended that anyone would suggest the use of an outside resource as reference uh <laughs> she goes on and say um you know, obviously, if there's something I don't know about, uh, you know, she needs help or whatever, I hope she gets it. But it seemed like more like someone who had never been told no or that she is uh, anything other than 100% perfect and amazing and can do nothing wrong. And it's going to be exhausting for her and, and anyone in her orbit. I asked a colleague about it, and he relayed a story about the time he gave an early 20-somethings, uh, 20-something feedback on a writing assignment. The young man quit the next day and had his parents call to tell him what a terrible boss he was for correcting work that didn't need correcting. 
I worry about how kids are being raised sometimes. I really do. That's how, uh, and how she wraps it up. How are they going to get along in the workplace? This is the problem. We, you know, parents like that have allowed that behavior the whole time. They haven't challenged them. They haven't corrected them. And everything they've done is right. So where do you go with that in the workplace? Yeah. And you and you see this like there are there are funny examples of it like the, I mean this is an extreme example I assume I mean I, I hopefully I, I will say we work around people in their twenties and they don't seem that way right uh, so it's certainly not uh, widespread mm-hmm. however um, well, I mean it may be widespread but at least people who come work at the Blaze aren't like that I guess that's all the only statement I can actually make on that particular topic people who are you know m- might be leaning conservative maybe have a different profile uh, but it is a situation where uh, you know. It's the American Idol effect, right? They they start that first episode, and all these people come in that can't sing at all, and, and they they've been told their whole songs. life how good they are. Yeah, and they have no idea that yeah. they can't function in this world that they think they can function in. Yeah, they think they're great, and Simon Cowell is just mean. Simon <laughs> Cowell is just telling you the truth, and at some point, you have to believe that. People in this generation that have been raised this way bump their heads really hard into a a wall called reality. The scary part is not that, though, to me. The scary part is, at some point, that generation is now the boss. We're only, what, 20 years away from that. And when that generation is the boss, and those people who think that way, if they're not, if they don't have a change of thinking by then, they're running the country. What the hell happens then? It's over. It's over at that point. More in 60 seconds. Warning. If you're buried in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Answers at 800-970-9159. If you're struggling to pay off your debt, do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to. Call Credit Answers now for free information on how to get out of debt faster than you ever thought possible, without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We offer a guarantee with no upfront fees, so there's no risk. For free information, visit creditanswers.com or call 800-970-9159. That's 800-970-9159. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Wow. Well, you know, that's what's come of our of our participation trophy generation isn't it which we, we gave them trophies for participating we gave them game balls for participating we changed the grading system so they wouldn't be offended by getting low grades uh we stopped keeping score sometimes we stopped grading people we, you know the whole society bent over backwards so that there wouldn't be any sort of embarrassment or offense to these kids and now that's the result of uh at least that one girl in the workplace. I would love to. I mean, there Amazing. have to be stories like this that people have seen. If you have one, I would love oh, to hear yeah. it. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck, because these things that do happen, they do happen. And you know, there's a, mm. there is a an entire industry that's basically uh, 
write stories about millennials and how terrible they are and mm-hmm. get lots of clicks like mm-hmm. that's a whole business yeah. and a lot of it is bs right like i mean you know we deal with uh unfortunately millennials all the time and you know they work here and they're they're much m- many of them are okay uh that's as far as I, I many will go. might be a stretch you know, some that's true. Some are some, some are, are okay. okay. Yeah. Now, many, like people don't realize this, but you know, I was basically the first millennial. Uh, oh, you, if I don't know. Yeah. There are and, studies that identify my year of birth as as at the very first year of being a millennial. Hmm. So I I have a sort of like I'm a I'm like the um, Obi Wan Kenobi of, of all millennials. millennials. <laughs> that's how they they look up to me in that way because I was born oh, I in like the second that. month. Of millennialism. <laughs> so, in um, addition to being a Canadian sports celebrity, <laughs> you're also a millennial guru? Yes. Oh, nice. The, yes, okay. that's, that's me. Uh-huh. Um, but I, <laughs> there is that sort of industry. Like, there was a story that came out the other day. There's like, you know, 22% of millennials have no friends. And it's like, well, oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And like, you look at the story and it's like, well, 18% of the next generation has no friends too. But it doesn't, that's not what they put in the headline. Because people right. like to just, millennial bashing is objectively fun like it's objectively yeah. a and it's fun almost pastime. a cottage industry right now and it is and it's a little bit it's a little bit fakey right what was the yeah. article they, there's a there was a woman who was complaining about millennials going to disney disney world by themselves with no kids like because they oh, like I'd disney love world. to do that well every i would love that it's legitimately like why it was created <sighs> yes kids are part of it but the whole point is escapism right yep and the the article was like these millennials are going there just to escape because they don't like real life. Well, that's what Disney World is. <laughs> it's a different world <laughs> called Disney World. That's right? a that's a dumb article. <laughs> Come on, that did not but, need to be written. But viral like crazy, right? <laughs> Tweeted everywhere. And of course, did I did I send it to multiple millennials that work here? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, and I with no commentary about how ridiculous it was. I just wanted them to think mm. they were bad people. Okay, but that's nice. a totally different situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why. There is something interesting about it. But it is, there is, um, and I think it's worse as the generations go, right? Mm-hmm. Look, I know I sound like I'm a thousand years old when you say like, well, my generation was good and these other, these these darn kids these days need to get off my lawn. I got that. I mean, I know it's, it's what happens to you when you get old. You start saying mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm completely comfortable with it. Um, but there is a legitimate issue here in that, the reason why things like socialism are popular among these generations is because they see it as mommy, mm-hmm. right? Their impression uh, of it is mommy will take care of me. Mm-hmm. All of these things that are problematic in my life can be handled by this giant government thing that can, that can deal with it. So I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to have those problems and those tough decisions I don't have to face something like, well, there's this person who doesn't make enough money for, to, to afford the surgery that they need. How do we deal with that as a society? Well, what if we just let Bernie Sanders handle it? Then I don't have to make any tough decisions. Mm-hmm. I can just let Bernie Sanders and Bill Gates handle it. You know, Bernie Sanders can tax Bill Gates and then everything will be fine and then I never have to worry about a thing again. And it's, it's understandable that they relate to that philosophy of government because that philosophy of government takes all personal responsibility away from them. Sure. And I do think it's it's not a minor problem. They've also been indoctrinated about. to the fact that that is the way to take care of things yeah. through massive governmental programs. Yeah. And so, you know, so many millennials didn't have a chance because that's what they've been taught their whole life. And that's how they've been coddled their whole life to the point where they have a nervous breakdown when they find out a P is not in the word 
hamster. <laughs> Are we sure about that? <laughs> Not well. Because I don't I mean, believe dictionary.com. Wait, I've always spelled it. I, I don't know. <laughs> Why should I change now? I've always spelled it that way. Reality's hard, man. It is hard. It, it it's really, really is. Really hard. You know, sometimes <laughs> the P just isn't there and you got to deal with it. <laughs> it's a tough one. And how many times has this person written this word hamster? Why are they so sold on it? So, by the way, it's a patent stew for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn returns on Monday. We were talking a little bit off the air here about the way the media and big tech have can censor um, you know, materials and, and speech and how big of a problem that is. And it's one of the issues that I think it makes a really clear point on why the red flag laws for guns are a real problem. Because if you think yeah. taking away your speech is easy... You put a pass a law where taking away guns, a Second Amendment right, is easy. That's that's not a good road to go down. We've seen how this works, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people people are not capable of making these decisions very well, and it, so it creates real problems. It's also fascinating that as they're talking about how tyrannical and oppressive Trump is, they're also talking about taking guns from people. So mm-hmm. they should understand, shouldn't they, the risk involved here? And it kind of tells you. That they don't actually mean it, right? right? Like, yeah, for example, uh, how long have they been asking for these red flag laws, the Democrats? A long time. And, of mm-hmm. course, Republicans are like, well, it's a Second Amendment issue. You can't really do it anyway. Plus, we're worried about the slippery slope and, and all of these different mm-hmm. issues. We're not going to go ahead with that. And they said, we have to have them. This is vital. Why will they not do it? And then so these shootings happen, and Trump is like, all right, like, let's, let's do, do it. the red, he's, red flag thing. We played the clip earlier. I mean, he's signaled before that he's very much on board for this type of legislation. Mm-hmm. And typically, Second Amendment people around him have said, look, it's not a good idea. His supporters, I mean, if our audience uh, is any indication, uh, they are not at all for this. And, you know, it's not just our audience. It's big time pro-Trump audiences. I mean, I know there's a lot of Trump fans certainly in this audience, um, but there is... Even like uh, online, we talked about David Harris Jr., who's a big Trump supporter, and he said the same thing to me, that the overwhelming reaction from his people yesterday was like, look, no, just don't cross this line. Well, listen to this quote from Schumer. He's now warning the GOP about the red flag laws. This is what Schumer said yesterday. The notion (laughs) that passing a tepid version of a red flag bill alone is even close to getting the job done in addressing rampant gun violence in the U.S. is wrong and would be an ineffective cop-out. We Democrats are not going to settle for half measures so Republicans can feel better and try to push the issue of gun violence off to the side. You're never going to win with these people. Um, And we know that these laws don't do anything to stop mass shootings. So why bother here right why bother Uh, if you give them one inch they will demand one mile and say if you give any less than one mile you are satan so what's the point of dealing with someone like chuck schumer and of course chuck schumer if what his goal was was really to get a a red flag uh law passed would not treat it this way right he is saying no republicans don't do it he's telling them in advance it's not going to work it's not going to help we're still going to kill you for it so why bother why bother going down this road unless you really believe it's the right thing to do and there's a lot of questions about that uh same thing kind of goes with the speech issue you have a red flag law where people can say this person's problematic we should take his guns away then figure out whether he's guilty or innocent same thing is happening online now these are not government issues these are private company issues But these private company issues can move millions of votes 
it is a very serious thing. And Ted Cruz did a little bit of um, work on this in a Senate uh, committee hearing talking to Robert Epstein. We've had him on the show before. He's a Harvard professor. He's a guy who supported Hillary Clinton. He is not a, uh, a Trump supporter at all, but his case is, look, big tech is able to m- manipulate votes and they could change elections in the favor of different candidates with no paper trail. Listen to some of this exchange from uh, earlier this week. And in 2020, you can bet that all of these companies are going to go all out and the methods that they're using are invisible, they're subliminal, they're more powerful than most any effects I've ever seen in the behavioral sciences, and I've been in the behavioral sciences for almost 40 years. You know, our Democratic colleagues on this committee often talk about what they view as the pernicious effect of big money and big corporate dollars. Uh, What you are testifying to is that a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires and giant corporations are able to spend millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars collectively, massively influencing the results of elections. And there's no accountability. You said, we don't know. We have no way of knowing if Google or Facebook or Twitter sends it sends its Democrats or Republicans or how they bias it because it's a black box with, 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 with no transparency or accountability whatsoever. I mean, am I understanding <laughs> you correctly? Senator, with respect, I must correct you. Please. If Mark Zuckerberg chooses to send out a go vote reminder just to Democrats on Election Day, that doesn't cost him a dime. Fair enough. Um, Hmm. Do you happen to know who the Hillary Clinton campaign's number one financial supporter was in the year 2016? Uh, I think I do, but please remind me. The number one financial supporter of the Hillary Clinton campaign in the 2016 election was the parent company of Google, Alphabet, who was our first witness. They were her number one financial donor, and your testimony is, through their deceptive search methods, they moved 2.6 million votes in her direction. I would think anybody, whether or not you favor one candidate or another, should be deeply dismayed about a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires having that much power over our elections to silently and deceptively shift vote outcomes. Again, with respect, I must correct you. The 2.6 million is a rock-bottom minimum. The range is between 2.6 and 10.4 million, depending on how aggressively they used the techniques that I've been studying now for six and a half years. Wow. That's breathtaking. Yeah, it is. And this guy, again, is a Clinton supporter. He is not a conservative. Oh, the guy testifying was a Clinton supporter? Clinton supporter. He voted for Hillary. And he he said at the beginning, Cruz's first question was like, hey, uh, so would you describe yourself as a conservative Republican? And he just laughed. (laughs) He goes, "Uh, no. He's no fan of of Republicans as far as policy goes. Okay, none of this is a problem. No. But the Russian deal. The Russian deal was a big deal because they put Whoa. ads on and, and they fake tweet. They retweeted people a bunch of times with Russian bots. If when you listen to this Jeez. testimony and what he's told us on the show as well, I think Glenn do. I think Glenn did a podcast with this guy. He, I, I think he did. We've definitely had extended inter- interviews uh, with him, so it's worth going back and listening to. But he describes the, the the methods, Pat. And first of all, he says if you take a fifty-fifty issue, let's say abortion, 
<clears throat> or whatever. Some that, that one's probably too core of an issue, but a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's a 50-50 split. By reordering the search results, not by changing them, but just by reordering them, his research shows you can turn it from a 50-50 issue to a 90-10 issue. Wow. 90-10. Because again... Wow. The, the amount of people who have principles Gosh. on an issue who have really thought it all through and, and are, are, you know what, I am rock solid in this belief, mm. it's minimal in this country. Mm-hmm. So they can switch people like that. He said they did research where they monitored people's uh, you know, uh, individual computers and what they are seeing. And, and, and I, I think a lot of people, and this is the way the internet was at the beginning, have the impression that like you type something in, oh, that's the number one search result. So if I type it in, it's the number one search result. When you type it in, you see the same number one search result. Well, that's mm-hmm. not true anymore. So like if I go, if I were to right now show you, you know, my pay, my homepage on yahoo.com, what it would tell you is apparently all of America loves the Philadelphia Eagles because <laughs> every other story is a Philadelphia Eagles story because that mm-hmm. is the most likely story for me to click on when I happen to go to yahoo.com, right? Yep. Or whatever site it is, it's all customized for me. So there's no way to be able to monitor what they're doing with individual people. So Epstein's point is they can determine because of what you're doing on the internet and all the data that they have on you, whether you're going to be <clears throat> likely to vote for, let's say, uh, Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump. And then they can, his extreme example is they could put a get out and vote alert to just one side, just the Bernie Sanders people, just the Elizabeth Warren people, and not send it to the Trump people. And it is possible, he said, that in the last election, up to 10 million people were influenced. Yeah, that's what his research said, because he actually that was monitoring amazing. computers and seeing wow, that. Wow, that's amazing. It is really incredible. Chilling. And, and I don't know, I like it is, it's like, if you think of it with the Russian bot situation, right? What were they able to do? Well, afterwards they were able to investigate. They were able to look back at all the pu- public Twitter posts, all the ads that were placed and piece mm-hmm. together a narrative of what Russia did actually legitimately really try to do. And they were really trying to do this. They went after websites. They, they, the whole Russian hoax thing has more to do with whether it affects Donald Trump, not whether they actually tried to manipulate the election. They did. Mm-hmm. And so you look at that and they were able to trace that back. It was a difficult process, but they were able to do it. If Google did something similar, they wouldn't be able to because it only appeared on your computer. Plus, Google was far more successful than the Russians were of at course. manipulating people. Yeah, and obviously they're much better at this overall. I mean, uh-huh. They're the best. I mean, there's a reason why this is one of the most valuable companies in the world is because they do things really well, with the exception of place YouTube ads in the middle of sentences and videos, which I will never understand. This is a total side point, but here's a company (laughs) that is internationally known for their user experience. You go to, Uh like, is Gmail better than every other email? Yeah. Is Google Maps better than every other map? Yeah. Is Google Search better than every other search? Yeah. YouTube, it's this great service. Let's just stick the ads in the middle of sentences of the videos Mm -hmm. you're watching. It just stops, plays a 20-second ad, and then it goes back to the, the second half of the actual <laughs> sentence that you're watching. I, I, how is that possible that this well, is how the system works? It's definitely a way to make sure you see the ad. I guess, but all it does is piss you off against the know. advertiser. I you're sitting there and it's like, I, will ne- I would never buy something from these people. How <laughs> dare they? No, it's not their fault at all. My understanding is you can, if you want, place those ads in a place. Like if you're the one uploading the video, you can place it and people just don't. But still, like, mm. how does Google, they automate everything. 
They're yeah. automating basically our elections at this point. They can't automate where they put these freaking YouTube ads. Unbelievable. <laughs> I cry. It drives me nuts. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, from six to eight central. It'd be seven to nine Eastern. Uh, right before this show or on podcast at any time. Glenn returns on Monday. We've been talking about uh, many things. Earlier, we had this story about the millennial who was uh, so confident that hamster was spelled with a P and uh, couldn't couldn't be bothered to change it, didn't want to even look it up, and then called her mommy because her, she was so offended that her boss was changing uh, the spelling of the word hamster with a P. Uh, let's go to Scott in Texas. Uh, hey, Scott, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Hi. Hey. Uh, I'm calling as a former English teacher mm-hmm. to share. I think that that story Stu was telling about, I think that that was one of my students. <laughs> really? <laughs> There's a reason I say that. Uh, I assigned right. a research paper, typical, go do this research paper, five pages, MLA format, the whole bit. She turns in a paper that is a bunch of pictures with captions. Okay. I'm like, no, this is not a research paper. (laughs) (laughs) Cite any sources. This doesn't get. It's just a bunch of pictures with captions. Zero. That's just an Instagram feed, is what that is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mom comes in. Oh boy. And why did you fail my daughter? Well, because it was a research paper. But she was being creative. <laughs> being creative. But I'm an English teacher. I'm supposed to be judging and helping them develop skills for writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no writing here. It's just pictures with captions. <laughs> <laughs> she did not fulfill the assignment. Right. This seems pretty basic. What yep. was the mom's response? Uh, but she was being creative. Doesn't she get credit for that? No, oh, man. Redo the paper. I'll consider it. And did, uh, did she and then, redo it? Yeah, it was three pages. It was okay. Right. But one of the things that, uh, to go to hamster, mm-hmm. um, I'm an English teacher. I grew up going to Catholic schools, so it was drilled into me, grammar, spelling, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. When I'm having my annual visitation by the administration, principal comes in one day to observe the class. And afterwards in our feedback session, he says, why are you wasting your time on grammar and spelling? Hmm. Wow. So those just don't matter anymore. No, the idea was that, as long as the student can express themselves and get the ideas across, okay. yeah, that is that's all that really matters. Wow, uh, we don't waste our time with grammar and spelling. It's amazing because that's really what's happening even with math now too, where it's like, well, show Thanks, your work God. and show that you kind of understood how you could get to the right answer, and that that's enough, and that's what's important. I mean, we we were a country that destroyed Dan Quayle's life because oh, he misspelled gosh. potato once. And now it's like, <laughs> I, God, if we get it. <laughs> and he spelled potato with an E, which was the way potato was yeah. spelled predominantly before. Right. It, yes, it was. Uh, it really kind of can spell it either way. 
And I was, I'm always amazed by that, by that clip. If you go back and watch it, no one else in the room has any problem with what's happened. Like right, they all right. are fine with it. And like for some reason, because the media decided they didn't like Dan Quayle and they wanted to call him an idiot, they used wow. that to call him an idiot and ruin his life. And it literally destroyed his destroyed career. his career. One word being misspelled once. Now these guys are out on freaking Twitter every day misspelling like they can't even form well, sentences that's how anymore. I've always spelled it. I'm gonna keep doing it that way. <laughs> Who are you to tell me? Wow. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K it's Pat and Stu for Glenn. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program. With Pat and Stu this week for Glenn. Triple eight. Uh, 727-B-E-C-K. You know, we never did play the uh, uh, Chris Cuomo babbling at the, uh, at the, at the, it was a town hall for gun control last, last night. And, and Chris has all the answers. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Some of the things he had to say. I, I love it when he gets into that serious voice and it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you things that nobody's ever told you before. And then it's all the same. Blah, blah, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm blah, being blah. a tough guy yes. by taking the position every other member of the media is currently Am taking. Am I not brave? Because, yes, everybody's on my side. Guys, we just have to stand up to this NRA. <laughs> I mean, sure, they can't even like keep their own operation going at the moment. Which and, is amazing, yeah. And it's sad and scary because yeah. they are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're having real troubles internally, just keeping the doors open with, you know, sort of infighting going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, but we're f- still supposed to be, they're still the boogeyman. Oh yeah. They're the boogeyman. Not even though they were outspent in the last election by a large amount by anti-gun organizations. Like that, every town USA, every town USA and many others, you know, mm-hmm. that are supported by people like Michael Bloomberg, who just fun, fun by the way, a billionaire, yeah, a billionaire. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating thing. Like I, 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 this converse, this comes up a lot where people are like, well, look, they just, they're folding to the NRA. They're just folding to the NRA. Well, first of all, the NRA has no power in and of itself. The power comes from the members, and they represent millions and millions of individual people who care about the Second Amendment. So you're not folding to the NRA. If anything, you're folding to the people who are in the NRA, the, the actual members. Which is that's American citizens. American citizens and voters, right? Yes. But they're not, like the idea that a few million dollars that the NRA spends which used to, by the way, go to a lot of Democrats. I mean, there was a time where they had, I think it was 60 or 70 Democrats they gave an A rating to. Now there's like two. because the, Are there two? I'm surprised there's yeah, two. If there's even two. I mean, I, I just read the stat. I want to say there was a couple of them, but I can't, I can't tell you their names off the top of my head. But the bottom line is, like, this is a situation where the Democrats have fled the gun rights position they've abandoned it just like they've abandoned the pro-life position there used to be pro i mean like one of the most famous supreme court cases in history has the name casey in it and then now you have because he's a very famous last name in pennsylvania and democrat politics mm-hmm. now i mean you can't even find anybody they're kicking people out for being pro-life oh yeah you can't no i mean it's so it is uh it's one of those things that's very strange because mm-hmm. politically forget the second amendment Forget the fact that you should have, you know, the rights that you should have that come from from God to protect yourself. Forget all those things for just a second. If you're just looking at politics, why wouldn't you ban assault weapons? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like you've got most people don't have a, a quote unquote assault weapon. And I know that's not really a term, but like I'm using it for the ease of conversation here. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? There's what five million of them out there. They say, you know, a lot of them, a lot of people own multiple assault weapons. 
It would be the easiest thing in the world to say, yeah, background check, sure, and yeah, assault weapons, sure, and what else do you want? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, it, it looks like I did something, and it'll help, you know, in the at the polls. Mm-hmm. These are things that are generally, that poll pretty well. Uh, you know, not as much the assault weapon ban, but things like, um, uh, you know, the background checks and stuff, or even though they're kind of misleading, they they poll very well. You could you could be the person out there saying, you know what, I did something. I got that legislation passed. You could brag about how difficult it was, like uh, Kirsten Gillibrand she's, when she said, when people told me that giving health care to 9-11 victims was impossible, <laughs> I continued to fight for it. Oh, wow. Impossible. Yeah, you what remember a, when everybody was saying oh, that to her? Oh, divisive <laughs> issue that one is. Whoa, no one wants to give health care to 9-11 victims. That was just way out there. And how did we get that across the finish line with a Kirsten Gillibrand? <laughs> like, you could do all that self-aggrandizing nonsense and say that you did something. The politics mm-hmm. of it are easy. The point is that we actually have rights and a constitution, and that's why you fight for them. You fight for them because it's the morally right thing to do, not to mention the process makes it impossible for you to do the things you're trying to accomplish. There's a, uh, there's a constitution. You can't violate it. Uh, shall not infringe is a big, it's a really restrictive wording. Seems like it. They didn't leave it open for interpretation, no, I don't think. It was really certainly didn't. in that part. And yet, here's all the uh, here's the compelling argument from Chris Cuomo last night. I want you to stop saying that this is going to be about the president. No. He's not going to solve this mm. problem. You can argue the reasons mm. why in different ways, but it doesn't matter. He says he's open to making changes, but he is yet to act in a real way. And so this really shouldn't be all about him. Agreed. All major movements in this country start with you. Not them, not the politicians. True. Sure. Mm-hmm. When they run, they all have plans and ideas and promises, thoughts and prayers, sympathy for those oh, who suffer. The prayers they again. just rarely act on it because it really is for you to lead with your voices the worst. and your votes. Thank you. Thank you. And I believe there's reason for help. Yeah. Okay. For one, mm-hmm. we can't continue to be this stupid. It just defies common sense. What? We have a clear consensus among Americans of wanting better and more protection. Oh, this is second. amazing. This is just advocacy. In El Paso. All right. This this is, he's running a, an anti-gun charity right here Absolutely. on television. This country rejects hate. And the idea of white nationalists praying Pause it for just a, a second. Because there's a lot of countries that it, it openly embrace hate. There's a lot of oh, places yeah. where hate <laughs> is uh, the, the, the thing they love the most oh, it's is funny, hate. Yeah. I mean, there are. Right? Yeah, there, there actually are. are. <laughs> I mean, if you go through the Middle East... You can find a lot of people who hate yes. Jews right. in polling at 70 and 80 and 90%. So there are those societies. It's mm-hmm. the ones you're constantly defending, by the way. That's for sure. Those are the ones that when we are critical of the culture in those countries, you say we're hateful. All right. He had more. Let's see if we can get through this. Part of us is unacceptable. And I believe your mm-hmm. revulsion will force lawmakers to treat people like them as the terrorists they mm-hmm. are. Right. People point to the 94 assault weapons ban as a model. But is it really? No. Barely found political consensus. It didn't do anything. 216 to 214. And to be honest, it really was Mm. easily run around by manufacturers. Oh, is that what happened? I would argue we've Mm -hmm. never really taken this on. (laughs) Now they got the ban for a decade and they're saying it doesn't count. What good argument did you hear? It's every socialist argument. Well, we had a socialist government, but it didn't count. (laughs) That data really shouldn't be shared with relevant agencies. These fears of some mystery database where they'll know what you have and then when but you have to go against advocacy. the government someday, you'll be unprepared, mm-hmm. ill-equipped. 
it's not even it's not even journalism. It's, no. not, more it's not even moderation. It's not, he's not moderating this, this thing. All right, it's we got enough hall. of him because uh, it's pathetic. pathetic. But this is just a guy saying, like, we we are dumb if we don't take the government action that I want. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Like we, because conservatives have a million different things that we think would help the situation. You just don't like any of them. Exactly. Right? Like you don't like having extra security. You don't like having mm-hmm. people at, getting rid of gun-free zones. You don't like those answers. So you say we're being dumb because we're not adopting your answers. Well, that's just advocacy. We can we can have a debate about which one of those uh, issues is better than the other, and which that's what we've done. Sure, we can all say white nationalism sucks, and we should fight against that. But of course, you're going to tell us it's a much bigger problem than there's any right to believe that it is. You know, I mean, we have individual actors that have terrible ideologies, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can't these arguments. They're not even attempting to be. Oh, absolutely fair. not. Not even attempting. 888-727-BECK. More in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A good night's sleep is a must for any of us who have a crazy schedule. I toss and turn an awful lot. Um, I have the right bed, uh, but I thought I had the right pillow. Mike sent me a MyPillow, and it's an amazing thing. You gotta get the right my pillow for you. Mike is now offering his lowest price ever offered on TV or radio. You can get a two pack of my pillows premium pillows for just sixty nine ninety eight. That's only thirty four dollars ninety nine cents per pillow. And this offer is available only at mypillow.com or calling eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. Use the promo code Beck. My pillow made in the USA. It comes with a sixty day money back guarantee and a ten. 10- year warranty sleep like i did 800-966-3117 and use the promo code back to get mike's offer you'll get a two-pack of premium pillows for 69.98 that's 34.99 per pillow that's mypillow.com remember promo code back so i came in here on monday after these shootings and was talking about the motivation behind them because everyone was saying it was white supremacy Take the time to actually read, you know, the actual document from this uh, murderer, and he does describe white supremacy, and uh, he does use the word invasion, which is the entire link basically to Donald Trump. It's a, we can blame Donald Trump because he used the word invasion, and Donald Trump's used the word invasion. That's their big link. So I came in here and I, and I said, well, the media, what they're not telling you, and they're not even linking to the document for you to find out yourself, is there's an entire section. It's basically equal parts in the document of white supremacy, anti-immigration sentiment on one hand. And on the other hand, uh, anti-corporate and environmentalist rhetoric. And here we are now, four days later, and I have still yet to see one example of the mainstream media even mentioning that it appears in the document. I'm not saying they have to say it was the overwhelming motivation or even that it was on equal footing. You could even give me an argument if you want and say, well, you know what? I don't think he meant that one. I don't think he meant the environmentalist stuff. We only think he meant this stuff. You can say all of that. But the idea that they would continually blame Donald Trump without even mentioning it is remarkable. I I would love if you happen to see any mainstream media source that has mentioned this once Send it to me. Tweet it to me at World of Stew. I would because I. It's very possible I missed one or two, but the overall uh, narrative here has been very clear. 
It has been Donald Trump used the word invasion, and that means that he's responsible. But take a step back for a second, because I don't think it's even this. It's much worse than the way I'm describing it. If you want to say Donald Trump is responsible for the shooting, which they are just saying as if it's fact, you have to you have to complete multiple magic tricks to get to that. Right. You have to say that invasion, which is a, a colorful way of run of the mill conservative border analysis. Right. Like the point is that we're not doing anything and millions of people keep coming into the country when we're saying, please don't come into the country. So, like, is that an invasion? I, you know, it's not the word that I would use, but I mean, it is not. It's it's a bunch. It's millions of people breaking the law. It's something bad if you care about the law. Okay, if you care about rule of law, it's certainly something undesirable. And obviously, the for decades, uh, the conservative analysis of the border and. About 15, any time before 10 or 15 years ago, the Democratic version and analysis of the border was the same, which was we can't just have people flooding over the border and screwing with our economy and committing crimes and doing all these bad things. It was not a controversial issue. So, but to get to Donald Trump inspired this person, you have to say, okay, invasion, invasion, yes. But also that invasion is a real code word. And that code word is a code word for white supremacy and white nationalism when there's no evidence that Donald Trump supports white supremacy or white nationalism. There's no evidence of it whatsoever. You can say he's racially insensitive at times. You can say he says things that are bad. You can say that he's not not a, a uniting force in our country, blah, blah, blah. But there's no rational uh, argument to say that he supports white nationalism because just at a very simple level he hasn't overtly done it right like you could say he didn't quickly enough denounce the people in charlottesville or he said there's good people on both sides but he's never overtly said i believe this is a white country and we should only have white people in it right there's no evidence of that whatsoever none right mm-hmm However, in the environmentalist part of this, there is evidence that all of these candidates have said specifically the things he mentions in the in the in the thing, in the uh, in the manifesto. They are all running a campaign currently based on the things he cites in the document as his motivation for the killings. They he they all are saying we are a consumer society. They all are saying corporations are hurting our environment. They are all saying that we are at an apocalyptic t- tipping point with the environment. They are all saying so much plastic waste is in our oceans and ruining our environment. They are all saying we're overdoing it with our resourcing, resourcing uh, resources and over harvesting those resources. They are actually overtly saying the exact same things with no qualifiers. It's not like with white nationalism where you have to say, well, invasion, what he means is he doesn't want any Hispanics in the country. What he means is that means that he must mean white nationalism. You don't need any leaps. He's basically quoting the debates that you're seeing on stage. And so if you are going to say with certainty that Donald Trump is responsible, you must say with even more certainty that the Democratic candidates are responsible for this attack. Now, alternatively, you could have a morally defensible position and say that the killer is the one responsible for his killings that you could also go that direction, but you can't just say that the one half of the manifesto with a bunch of magic tricks and and gymnastics 
to try to mentally bend your way into finding that Donald Trump is responsible, you can't say that just that half is part of it when the Democrats are saying everything word for word from the other half of the document and say they have no responsibility and not even that, not even mention that it occurred in the document. This is the biggest I have never in my life seen anything like this. The media malpractice, in, which is completely intentional. I have never seen a worse example of it in my entire life. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've never seen anything like it. They are absolutely denying that half of this document exists. I, 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 it's blowing my mind that they're at least not mentioning it and dismissing it. But they are not. And they are blaming Donald Trump with certainty when there's, if you want to go down that road, there is more evidence. Again, more evidence that the Democrats are responsible for the El Paso shootings. More yeah. evidence. It's just that they're just, just not mentioning it. And, right. not, and you know what? And no the mainstream one knows. media lets them get away with it. It's incredible. Yep. Health concerns are a sad part of life. I mean, it seems like there's always something that either hurts or bothers us health-wise, right? Well, if that's you, you really need to see what CBD products can do for your health. CBD may offer many of the health benefits of marijuana, but without the high. So it's 100% legal and requires no prescription from cbdistillery.com. The health testimonials are impressive. Like this customer who wrote, I highly recommend CBD to everyone. It's done a complete turnaround for me. Another customer wrote, CBD made a big difference in my health. Look, if you haven't tried CBD for that health concern... You should, but where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, you can trust CBDistillery.com. See what CBD can do for your health. Go to CBDistillery.com and enter RELIEF for 20% off. Again, enter RELIEF for 20% off at CBDistillery.com. CBDistillery.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. And despite all you just said, Stu, it, this snowball continues to roll down the hill. And it's it's gathering momentum. And it's really picking up steam. And it's getting bigger and stronger every single day. And it's actually rolling over the top of a lot of a lot of Republicans. Because Republicans are, are just giving up on this and they're caving into it. Yeah. And so I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're gonna at least get their red flag laws uh passed. It it really looks like there's going to be a federal uh, red flag law put into place, which is, a, a, I think, a bad thing. I, yep. I think there are good motivations to it and good arguments for it. Uh, I just don't think a it's constitutional or b a good I idea. Don't either. I would add too that I think the, honestly there's a good a good chance that the it, they don't get the red flag laws for a very bizarre reason, which is they the Democrats will oppose them. Because that it, that is the only thing that will save us. They don't want to. They want to be able to say that the they might Republicans push too aren't hard doing and anything. go too far. Right. They want to say, look, they, Republicans have these problems. They won't do anything. Yeah. Because if they pass the red flag laws, the Republicans will be able to say, look, we passed you know this big legislation on red flag laws. They want to. They want the argument to be able to say they didn't do anything. So the way that they would accomplish that is to block 
the passage of the red flag laws on the basis of it's, it's not, not nearly enough. Far enough. Yeah. And that may very well be the outcome of but this, which they, is better than the outcome of them getting the red flag laws, in my opinion. What they also might get is going a little bit further, a red flag law and, let's say, a limit on magazines. I, I don't know how what kind of capacity is too much, but they're going to come up with some number, whether it's 10 or 8 or 5 or who knows what it is, but they... I mean, there are Republicans caving in on the on the magazine limit as well, which which would not surprise me to see them do. No, and even some Republicans are going further, um, and they're bringing up like this guy in Ohio, who has also said there should be a ban on us on on rifles, as he calls them, milis, military style weapons. Yeah, because and- they're only created for one purpose. I don't know if you're aware of this to kill people. Oh, really? Yeah, to kill people. I, I, I was not That's aware of that. That's what they do. That's I've, what they I've, do. I've seen many women say that they're very easy to shoot, and, and mm-hmm. as a defensive weapon, it, it's one of their preferred choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, women with AR-15s or AK-47s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, they love them. It's true. I they mean, I, because it, it's a mm-hmm. very it's very easily uh, fired weapon. It, it's accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the things that make a weapon deadly also make a weapon effective for in defense. Like, I, the Democrats say mm-hmm. this all the time. They're like, yeah, what? These weapons, they, they fire with such precision. You just want bullets flying all over the place? What the hell is your argument here? Like, I, I, I want my bullets to go to the left of wherever I'm shooting. Like, what? <laughs> they're supposed to hit the thing that you're pointing it at. It's, the point is how you use them, right? When you, want, when you pull the trigger, do you want the bullet to right. be delayed? Right. Like, 30 <laughs> seconds? Or the- how, how's that supposed to it's work? It's like saying, all these knives, they're so sharp. <laughs> Why aren't they dulling these knives? Well, I mean, the point is really like who's if someone's stabbing, that's the issue. You Mm -hmm. want the knife to be sharp so it can cut the food or wherever else you're using it for. Uh, Yes, we know people. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, the steering wheel goes exactly where these people want it to go when they're running people over. You want it to go to the left of where people want it to go? That's your argument. Uh, They're not good arguments. I'll say that. Not at all. Not at all. Still, they might work. Pat and Stu for Glenn and joined by Jeffy uh, to chew the fat a little bit, which is also the same title as your as your podcast. It is. Which Thank you can pick you. up at uh, pretty much anywhere podcasts are available, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. You, no, you are not mistaken. Okay. And all Home anyway. Depot locations. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes it really handy. I, You're getting some lumber. Yeah. You know, and then, oh, and a Jeffy podcast. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm a fan that. of that. <laughs> it's in the back left, like by the toilet. Okay. And the, the, the like industrial toilet. Yeah. That they have. And just to be clear, there. it's exclusive Home Depot, not Lowe's. No, yeah. You can't go to Lowe's to get no. Jeffy's podcast, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> So this uh, story that I have a couple stories today before we get I wanted to do want to talk a little bit about the polls because uh, they're exciting news breaking about uh, the Democratic presidential candidate polling. But uh, this is not for you, those two. OK, uh, this is people that would love bacon. Mm. Uh, and I know that you, uh, you know, you might love the smell, but you can't eat it. That's, it's only every other person on the planet other than me, basically. <laughs> but there's a uh, bacon intern job being posted. You get a thousand dollars for one day for just testing bacon. What? Uh, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, there's a burger chain in uh, California huh. that's saying, hey, uh, post uh, why you should be our intern on uh, Instagram, and uh, we'll pay you $1,000 for a day to test our bacon. Oh, that's incredible. That's a good, that's a good gig. 1000 bucks, and you get to eat bacon? All day? What a Come on job. now. What a country this Come on is. Now. Come so on. So just uh, you know, post it at Farmer's Boy. 
Farmer's Boys food uh, on their Instagram. Tell me that's available in China or the former <laughs> <No>. Soviet Union. <laughs> no. Probably not. Probably no, not. No, not even close. Almost nothing's <laughs> not available in the former Soviet Union as defined by the word former. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't get it even when it, before it was former. Right. So sure. that's the point. Or, would, that's or the its point. current satellite nations. <laughs> no, thank you, Pat. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Also, can we... Uh, I know it's getting close to football season, and I'm you know, oh. pretty excited. Oh. Yeah, it's preseason tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There. Eagles are on tonight. I'm, I'm very excited. excited. Can we uh, can we make a common sense decision, point of personal sure. privilege yes. decision? Go ahead. That we can no longer hear from Colin Kaepernick. Oh please, oh, please, please. please. Oh, I love happen? that. Can we just do uh, that? Point of personal privilege. <laughs> I second it. <laughs> That's all he has, though. Okay. I mean, that he is... just posted his on his Twitter account yesterday what? again. What? No. Uh, he started started the Twitter feed with denied work for eight hundred and eighty nine days. Denied weeks, but he. Oh, I can't take. I can't take. It. It. I then, can't take this then, guy. And then it's the same it's, thing. Just shows yeah. him working out in a gym, and he says five a.m. five days a week for three years. Still ready, and then it shows him working. Out Still ready. Uh, you weren't ready. You lost right. your starting job to Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which by it's... the way hurts me even more than you know. <laughs> no, I, it's, come I mean, on. They... The guy's been offered three jobs since he lost his job I to know. Blaine Gabbert. And I thought we were turned done. them all down. I thought we were done too after the collusion case. Yeah, oh, good. Right, gosh. he settled the collusion case with right. the NFL. Got twenty million dollars out of him. I mean, and, some reports were even more than that. And I'm curious, are you? Denied hmm. work when you're making millions of dollars from Nike. Because I, right. I think a lot oh. of people would say, especially people mm-hmm. that you're going to whine about when you talk about uh, income inequality, but those people would say, you know what, I think I wouldn't mind having that I stand there, do nothing, and make <laughs> millions of dollars job that he has with Nike. Yeah. And then, uh, or, if, and then if they post something, if they make a product that he doesn't like, they pull it. Yeah, he's like the Nike ombudsman. <laughs> Somehow I mean, he's got that gig, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a gig. Yes. He's making a lot of money and doing it. It's just it. being reported that Colin Kaepernick sends a message to the NFL. Oh, shut up. I, I just, I, I just want to stop. And this is the thing this that's guy. most frustrating about all of this is that mm. people are now romanticizing him as if he was a good quarterback. He was not. Right. He mm-hmm. lost his job not because right. he kneeled, he knelt after he lost his job. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert because of mm-hmm. play, uh, his the levels of play being so terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think of what I've just said. <laughs> this is not something that is controversial. He was bad. He had a couple of good mm-hmm. years yeah. before, and not even, I mean, they're not even good years when you look back at them. They're he okay ran years. around a lot. He ran around mm-hmm. a lot with a, with a league's best defense. And because, you know, he has a lot of athletic ability, which is true, and that's what he's proving when he's working out. Not that he's a good quarterback, but that he can work out. He works out. And he ran around a few times, and he was, but he was a very mediocre passer. The year he, he came back into the uh, the league, after they um, the second year, they almost went, uh, they almost won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, were- they brought it back, and they said, you know what, we think Kaepernick is a star. And so they decided to start throwing it on every play. And you know what happened with that team? You get, it, Jim Harbaugh is now in Michigan. That's what happened with that team. <laughs> so you, it, it, is a, it is completely revisionist history to oh, say yeah. that Colin Kaepernick belongs in the league for his level of play. He does not. He is not a good quarterback and does not belong in the league because of his ability. Yeah, but I mean, for three years now, he's still ready. Well, good. You should, he starts. He works out at five a.m. five days a week. Right. Well, you know what? If he cares about football so much, go play in one of the other leagues. Mm. He's not doing that. But he he's could. been denied work. No, he is for not. Eight hundred and eighty-nine days because he sucks. <laughs> he, 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 he could have been again. the backup in Seattle. He could have been the backup in, I believe, right. Denver. 
Uh, could have been the backup in uh, uh, one other place. Uh, yeah. and, and was it Miami, maybe? Might have been. I don't He's been offered, offered jobs. Yeah, yes. I'll tell you this. Yes. I've been, I've been and, denied work in the NFL for 15,695 <laughs> days. No one's given me a gig. Are you I, still ready? I, I am still ready. Yeah, I work okay. out every day by yeah. walking to my car, by shoveling food into my mouth. A lot and, of people think you're beyond your prime, but I, I oh, think no. that's uh, I think that's a, uh, I mean. Who? I, I'm, I don't want to name names uh, because I don't want to offend <laughs> right. Stu. Um, <laughs> but every NFL team. <laughs> right. And again, when it comes down to this ridiculous idea that he's being banned because of his political speech. Shut it's up. It's so ridiculous. They love his political speech they in sure the do. NFL. They promote it like crazy. The biggest yeah, sponsor is Nike, it. and they promote it like crazy. But go over to M- Malcolm Jenkins is one of the starting safeties for the Philadelphia Eagles. He... Now, he made the mistake, I guess, of uh, doing having a little bit of credibility and that he never wore I hate the pigs socks or anything like that. But he has been like very Kaepernick much, did. Right. Like oh, Kaepernick yeah. did. But he's been very much on the side um, p- talking about violence, uh, you know, when it comes to police officers and, and mm-hmm. points that I do not agree with at all. But he's a starting safety for the Eagles. You know why he keeps his employment? Because he's good. He's a good player. He makes plays defensively that other players can't make. So he continues to hold on to his job. With Colin Kaepernick, he sucks. So he doesn't have a job. That is, it is black and white. Is it theoretically possible that Colin Kaepernick could currently hold a third string quarterback job in the NFL uh, without the activism? Maybe. I mean, Eric Reed also kneeled, and he had his job for multiple years afterwards. And then, mm-hmm. as soon as he lost his job, he also started yeah. complaining about that's why he lost his and job. And he was part yeah. of the collusion deal. Yeah. Of course. With Kaepernick, and, and won that deal. And then he got re-signed. And then he got re-signed. For, not, for another, I think, two or three year deal. That's right? really bad. You're really bad at colluding. Yes, they're terrible <laughs> when, at it. When you give somebody money for it, and then... They get a job. Yeah. What the heck is that? Right. I mean, that's, I can, I, that's the point. That's when you wrong. Guys, when you it's have, just wrong. When, you ha- when you're a really good player and you belong in the NFL, they're going to keep you in the NFL yeah, they because are. they want to make lots of money. Yes. And you know what? They might even want to make lots of money so they can donate it all to Donald Trump because they're evil. Whatever your, whatever, oh, you're not, whatever your freaking view of the world is, you can still apply it to the fact that Colin Kaepernick sucks. That's just a fact. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, they just he, he's turned down jobs mm-hmm. and continues to say that they won't give him a job. And he won a massive and lawsuit for it. All kinds of money. Still it wasn't the true. Deal. Mm-hmm. And he also, uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, reports where he doesn't want to take the third string, right? I mean, yes, he, he will not be back up. And look, if you're an NFL team, uh, the only thing that I could say <laughs> that the NFL team is uh, NFL teams are thinking about is, do you want a third string quarterback that's going to take up all the news for your team uh, yeah no you don't yeah the you third know, you, string quarterback supposed to be over there you know who learned that really well tim tebow mm-hmm. the same thing right tim tebow tim tebow right. has, had a, has a good record yes, in, the in the nfl he's NFL. won a playoff game yeah he, every everything about tim tebow says you should keep him around because he can he you know what he can make plays he can do different things nobody Always. wants that hassle nobody that wants the hassle when it's talking about a second and third string quarterback right it is there's a part of it that's true at that level like why bother bringing him to camp because mm-hmm. the whole camp is going to be about, about Tim him. Tebow yeah. or about, about Colin Kaepernick but if you had enough ability see Tim look Tim Tebow is a great athlete and one of the best college football players in history. But is he a big-time NFL quarterback? The answer to that is probably no. If he was, he'd be in the NFL. You know, Mm -hmm. he really would. And and a lot of these teams, 
don't want that hassle. The same thing, even though Tebow, I would argue, is is really there's no reason to not want that hassle. But he dominates the coverage. He, he makes sure you does. you're constantly in front of the the, and the press answering questions about yeah, your third string quarterback. They don't want that distraction, and it's just a pain. Yeah, it's not your focus. So right. people, so he loses. Does he lose a job? I mean, maybe he maybe. loses a job at the fringe of the NFL. But if you are a person who is who is good enough to be a starting quarterback, certainly. If he played not like issue. Patrick Mahomes, let's face it, he'd yeah. be a starter or, yes. in the NFL. Or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. If he played like a mediocre quarterback, right. he would be in the NFL. Instead, yeah. he played like a bad quarterback, right. and he has the hassle. Mm-hmm. So why would you bother with that? I don't know how many days Tim Tebow has been denied work, but I do know that it's more than eight hundred fifty-three days. 80, okay, <laughs> it's so more than that, All a right. lot more. Um, I just know that uh, we also we talked a little bit about it on uh, Pat Unleashed. Uh, yesterday, that uh, you know, the planet Earth is dying. Oh, it and is. It's yeah. gonna. It's gonna yeah. be over like in well, ten either ten, 10 or 12, twelve years. We know that. Much, I mean, right? it keeps. It could be. Yeah. It could be five now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's going to take. But we have found a potentially habitable uh, super Earth. Yeah, this is good. Uh, oh, cool. So we're going to have to we leave and there. go there pretty so quick. The planet. So. Uh, we might want to work on a new name. It's uh, called GJ three five seven D. Yeah, it's not exactly catchy. No, we'll need something not. else. We do have to come up with a new name. We it's, also need, I don't know, light speed technology. Well, that's silly because it's six times larger than the Earth. Yeah, it orbits a dwarf sun. Right, and it orbits. We'd be a lot older because it orbits every fifty-five, almost fifty-six days. So oh, yeah. we would be a lot older. But it is, Pat. You're right. We're gonna have to find some, a different mode of transportation. I mean, it's right around the corner. Just thirty-one light years away. <laughs> so at <laughs> the speed of light, it'll take you thirty-one years to get you there. Get, no problem. Uh, no problem. We're there. We could really use some warp speed technology. Actually, <laughs> desperately. Yeah, desperately. So. Maybe maybe something at Area Fifty-One has that technology. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. And they're also saying that it's either, if it has uh, a, a thick atmosphere, it could be too cold, mm-hmm. uh, like negative 60 or 70 degrees. Or if it doesn't, it could be too hot. Uh, you know, be burning up with hundreds of degrees. Or so, it might have just the right amount of atmosphere. Or it might have just the right amount. <laughs> because it is in it the Goldilocks zone where, it's, where it could be not too hot and not too cold. I mean, we found I found this fascinating that NASA's space telescope the kepler has uh, observed th- 300,000 stars more and found more than 4,000 exoplanet candidates since 2009 so we have a shot to get off the earth mm-hmm. we have a shot most some of them are mm-hmm. less than 31 light years away oh wow i mean really so yeah that's great i mean some of them are you that's know great. literally right in our neighborhood <laughs> yeah. right next door right next door yeah. and this is yeah. uh, sad news and i i, I now i'm gonna bring it to you anyway uh, celebrities are being cheated into buying fake diamonds, and you might be. Oh, don't no. say that. Be, oh, don't uh, say that. I worry be, about celebrities have this problem too uh-huh. because you're buying diamonds that are fake. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not fake; they're just uh, lab grown here yeah. in the United States. This is pretty fascinating because uh, <laughs> they're growing them, and instead of mining them, but they're the exact same thing. So, Correct. is that bad? Well, I guess not. I don't know, right? I mean, they're lab-grown using this uh, chemical reaction is how they make them. Uh, I know they tried to take a hit at uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for giving uh, misleading information about because he's invested in this company right. that makes the well, diamonds. And, you know, by the way, he also gave a misleading uh, gem to a woman on a ship who then tossed it into the ocean because it's it was so good. fake. I didn't want to bring oh, up that documentary. Wow. Yeah, that documentary was powerful. Was wow. Powerful. But he's, his words are, look, his words, he says that he's proud to invest in this company and that uh, these are to be cultivating real diamonds in America without the human and environmental toll of mining. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's essentially the same thing of the impossible burger argument, right? Like, it's like <laughs> it's pretty much the same stuff yeah. chemically, yeah. right? Like, it tastes yeah. the same. Which and I want to talk about animals. But well, the coming, diamond- up, coming up here in just a second, we'll finish up uh, in just a minute or two here. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Also, uh, Jeffy joins us. Hmm. New Iowa poll out. Pat, would you like the results of this? Because the, the, the debates love, have moved. Oh, they moved things in Iowa quite a bit. Have they? Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody nice. who had a really good performance like um, Cory Booker. Cory Booker was huge, oh, right? Yeah. Everyone told us. Skyrocketing. Huge. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. He's moved quite a bit. In fact, uh, he's moved by 67%. Wow. Holy cow. He's gone from 3% to 1%. <laughs> so he actually went down. Yeah, that's sir. I love that. Good. Oh, um, other, like, good. So this is, these are all the people that showed up at more than 0%. Okay. Okay. John Hickenlooper, Tulsi Gabbard, John Delaney, Steve Bullock, and Cory Booker all at 1%. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Andrew Yang and Kirsten Gillibrand at 2%. It's a nice poll for Gillibrand. She doesn't normally hit 2 um, here's an interesting one, and, and if you look at my candidate rankings that came out right before the debates, I had him in the middle of the pack where nobody had him, but uh, Tom Steyer hold, shows up at 3%. Wow. And the Does reason, he really? My, like my little wow. model that I've built likes Tom Steyer's potential because of all the money and yeah. the idea that you could hire a lot of really good campaign people and... He has not shown it yet, but this is the first time he's showing up at, it, at anywhere near 3%. Okay. So it does seem like he's doing something. Uh, has he qualified for the next debate? Not yet, but no. he, he, okay. I think he has a good chance of getting there. Um, Buttigieg is at 8. Uh, and, wow. Uh, let me, I'll give you Kamala Harris at 11 and Joe Biden at 28. Pretty much stable. Harris was actually up from 7 to 11. Biden from 27 to 28. Here's the two big things, though. Uh, about two-thirds of the, uh, or a little bit over half of the supporters for Sanders and Warren flipped. So Sanders went from 16 to 9%. <laughs> Warren went from 7 to 19. Wow. So people are choosing between Warren and Sanders. 7 to 19? Yeah, Warren now second place behind Biden at 28 in That's Iowa. going after the female communist. Wow. I, she, look, if you're going to pick wow. a communist, she's the better one, probably. Yeah, probably. Although she is, I mean, how she could beat Donald Trump is no way. beyond I, me. I, I, well. Lab-grown to lose to Donald Trump. You're listening to Glenn Beck.